are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs and the Lockdown NBA Network. I am Jeff Garcia, your host for today on this very special episode of Lockdown Spurs, where we're going to try to debate. No, 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 not like the presidential debate that we saw recently. Uh, trying to make it a little bit more classier, a little bit more, you know, gentlemanly. I'm expecting somebody on the panel, though, to call somebody a clown. <clears throat> I'm looking at you, Pleasure. But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we're going to try to do some sort of debate here. We're going to be discussing the Spurs of future. Um, the draft and the current crop of players that we have on the roster right now Um, from what should they do with the Spurs uh, number 11 pick to, Hey, which of the young guys is best suited to make the biggest leap moving forward. We got a lot to talk about today. So who is on the debate panel? Let's start off with the guy who has the biggest task probably here is Joe Garcia from two shots podcast. He is the lone wolf representing the entire Spurs fan base. You can follow him on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. Joe, uh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. I guess I'm going to be Puro San Antonio today representing the fan base, man. So let's do it. Yeah, don't be throwing uh, beer cans at uh, Casey. Oh, no, I wouldn't throw beer Why cans me? at Casey. <laughs> 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 Why me? Uh, well, speaking of Casey, uh, you know. I wouldn't want to hurt the can, Jeff. I wouldn't oh, want to hurt the right. can. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Casey Vieira, another uh, frequent uh, guest here on Lockdown Spurs, San Antonio-based sports reporter. Casey, um, you are one of two San Antonio sports reporters to uh, give your thoughts on the Spurs. How are you feeling, buddy? I feel a lot better if I don't get a beer can thrown at me. (laughs) Maybe if you catch it, you can just uh, take some sips of it. Right. Yeah. And rounding out the panel is my good friend at ESPN San Antonio host or co-host, excuse me, of the Saturday morning hangover, James Pleasure. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at I am Pleasure. By the way, you can follow Casey on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. James, um, hmm, who are you going to be calling the clown? Probably me, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are no clowns on this panel. We're all good. Unless, of course, you disagree with me, then you're a clown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so basically, who's going to Biden this up in a while? So we'll find out momentarily, but all kidding aside, uh, gentlemen, you got the questions last night. You know what we're going to be asking. Hopefully, you formed a nice take. We'll try to keep uh, your takes to about two minutes. Uh, We're going to start off with the uh, man who's repping the entire fan base, Joe Garcia. And the first question, Joe, is what should the Spurs do with the number 11 pick? Keep, move up, or down? trade and why this one's a tough tough question actually because if you look at history history is going to tell you the spurs are going to keep their 11th pick they don't do nothing sexy during the nba draft if you go back to the last 20 plus years they really don't do a lot of things on draft day however if a team comes up to them and let's say for example portland trailblazers with that 16th pick say, you know what, we want to move up and we want your 11th pick. If they're willing to go ahead and, let's say, take LMA off our hands and maybe sweeten the deal by giving us something that we could use in return, I'm sure the Spurs will listen. Um, But more than likely, they're just going to wind up keeping that pick. And just, you know, like we always know, they're just probably going to go ahead and develop said pick 
Um, we probably won't see him very much in their first year here with the San Antonio Spurs. But I say at this point in time, just keep it. There's really nobody in this draft that you're going to go ahead and say, we're going to throw all this youth that we have and go ahead and make a trade to try to move up or down. There's nobody here that you're going to really, unless you're going to the top four, uh, that's really going to have a, a dramatic impact on your franchise. And it's a week, the one of the weaker drafts that we have. So all that said, just keep the pick, man. All right. Um, Casey, do you have a response to that? Uh, I have a response, but it's not going to be the response that the, uh, I guess the viewing, the viewing audience, the listening audience wants to hear because it's a boring take. And that's really because it's kind of the, the same sentiment that you just heard right there. There really is no point to really try to get yourself inside of that top 10 with what they have right now. There's nobody on that draft board that just screams at you, says, hey, they can't miss really all the way up until like the number four pick. There's just no sense of, of predictability here. There's no real kind of true argument to take one player that's a can't miss, one would say, as opposed to anyone else. So I think the best thing for them is to kind of stand pat. And if they get a team that's feeling ambitious, maybe a team that's not in the lottery or closer to or, or, or is probably hanging out somewhere in the mid-20s range, and they come calling and they offer that pick, say, mid-20s range and another for the future because they're oddly feeling ambitious about one of these guys, <laughs> I'd say go for it. But otherwise, anything other than try to find yourself in that top 10, uh, I think, is the way to go. All right. And rounding out this question is James Pleasure. James, uh, your thoughts? Trade the pick. Trade <laughs> LaMarcus. Trade DeMar. Strip it down. The West is going to be way too competitive. You have to kickstart this rebuild. Nobody's off limits. Start building for the future because you got to find out which pieces are the future, which I think you kind of did in the bubble. But the only, the only one I might kind of have reservations about trading is DeMar. Only because of that player option, I feel he's going to opt in after his experience in the bubble and how glowingly he talked about pop. But even then, if you can get something tangible, New York is in need of a superstar of some sorts. DeMar gives them a marquee name to put on the billboard outside Madison Square Garden and, as they've been trying to chase Superstar after superstar after superstar and swinging a missing and swinging a missing and swinging a missing. Maybe you can get DeMar and maybe you can get New York to part with the eighth pick to get themselves a proven superstar. And then with 11 and eight and maybe who knows, maybe you can trade LaMarcus to as Joseph, whether it's Portland or Boston or, you know, get a later first round pick, then you're kind of set up for the future. Get these young guys more youth because there's not a superstar walking through that door that we know of at this exact second. And the West is way too crowded for you to think that you're going to compete year in and year out with the roster you currently have. Clown. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get it aside. Uh, gentlemen, all right. Uh, those were your takes. Uh, anybody have any rebuttal to what anybody had to say here? Uh, just with, you know, pleasure. I, I, I 
really like his his style as far as him just wanting to go all in and gamble, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just say, you know, just stand pad and stick with your 11th pick. There's really nobody out here right now in the draft that really screams at you that's going to be a franchise player short of, you know, one through four. And I doubt if the Spurs are going to want to blow up the whole team for a shot of a maybe, you know. So that that's my 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 whole gripe with the thing. You know, if there was a player pledger that, hey, it's franchise changing and he's right there, you know, probably within, let's say, the top seven, top eight Spurs, come on, man, you got to do something because, like you said, the West is very competitive right now. And if you want to stay competitive – Sooner or later, you're going to have to try to make some moves, you know? So I understand where he's coming from. Here's the thing. You look at it, Donovan Mitchell wasn't a slam dunk home run pick. He was a later pick. Kawhi Leonard was a later pick. The lottery is filled with guys. You just have to identify that guy. And the Spurs are really good at identifying guys that may fall a little bit later in the draft. We've seen it proven time and time again. Why not trust this staff? to once again identify who's going to be a superstar and then go get that guy. All right. Yeah. Those are their thoughts on uh, what the Spurs should do with the number 11 pick. But it also begs a question. And again, you know, Joe, you rep the fan base. And here in Lockdown Spurs, you like the fans to have their voice um, heard loud and clear. So you'll go first once again. Joe, what should the Spurs do with their pick then? Draft for need or best available regardless of position? Joe. That's uh, another tough one, Jeff. You know, if, let's say the best available at the 11th pick is a guard. <laughs> Why on earth would you want to go ahead and draft a guard? You're already a, a guard-heavy team. You know, at, at this point in time, I think the smart move would be to draft for the position. Spurs really do need a rim protector. And it's been rumored that they're looking at some of the bigs right now. Or they need a legit 3 and D player. But again, since this draft class is so weak, you're, you're kind of at a gamble. You know, do you really go with the best available uh, pick at that position or are you going to try to fill a need? What my gut tells me is that the Spurs will go ahead and try to fill a need first. But if there's a talent that they absolutely cannot pass on in it, so be it. If it's another guard, I think they go ahead and take that, you know, but Again, you know, the front office has been very intelligent in, in their picks, and they panned out for them, you know, more, more times than not. So I would think at this point in time, they, they really want to try to fill a position. But again, if they can't, they can't pass on, on the talent that's there, and so be it if it's a guard, you know, hey, more power to them because that could be used as maybe possible trade bait for, for something else, you know, along the, along the lines of, trying to make those moves like uh, Pledger was saying for the future. So they, they got, they got some, some decisions to make on draft day. Let's put it like that. All right, Casey, your thoughts, draft uh, on need or best available? I think it's in a spot right now where you go off of need. And I think the, the Spurs right now, they're in a position where uh, if they're going to truly translate their game or I guess – uh, more so transition, I guess, is is the word um, for their MO or things like that to, to play that small ball type of, <clears throat> excuse me, play that, that small ball type of offense. I think if you're going to commit, you have to play the part. Uh, 
And right now, they don't really have any of those guys on that, mm -hmm. that roster long-term, long-term, that you could say would be a part of it to that kind of identity. So I think you have to go with that rangy 3-4 kind of guy. And I think fortunately enough for them, there's a lot of those guys at this point in the draft. There's also a lot of point guards in this part of the draft. And I think if you know maybe a guy falls back to this spot, maybe a uh, Tyrese Halliburton stumbles. This guy I've, I've liked. Uh, if he stumbles back to that number 11 spot over there, maybe they bite. I'm, I'm just throwing a name out there mm -hmm. uh, at, that, at that point guard, two guard spot, and then try to get crafty and try to move one of the guards that they do have. Uh, but I think the way to go for them is that three, four route, you know, a guy like, I, I know a lot, uh, a lot of people are throwing that Patrick Williams name around there. Uh, he's kind of been catchy. Sadiq Bay, uh, Villanova guy, another one that's kind of been thrown out there as well. That small forward, power forward, small ball five. I think that's the way you have to go at number 11. Uh, James, your thoughts. And I, I think I know where you're going to be going with it because you've been very vocal about your stance on this question and past lockdown Spurs. You guys are so boring. <laughs> taking position of need is the best way to flop in the draft. You take the best player available, regardless of position, because the NBA is a star-driven league. You need stars. The Spurs currently really don't have a superstar. So if, let's say, Tyrese Halliburton falls, you take him. Because if he's what you got is the best player available with superstar potential, you take that potential regardless of – Lonnie or Keldon or De DeMar or DeJounte or whoever, because guess what? In the NBA, you can always trade pieces. There's always somebody that wants somebody that's on your roster. You can find a person that will take something off your hands. So go for the best available. I too love me some Sadiq Bay. I think he fits perfectly into the need slash best available right around 11. But I don't care where you are in the NBA if you're looking for a big man because you need a big man, you're doing it wrong. Go find that in free agency. You can find anything unless that big man you feel has the upside and potential to be a superstar in this league. Joe, Casey, any rebuttal? I got one. I got one. Well, first, <laughs> Pledge, the two, names that, for the two names that I said or that you said were two of the names I said. So. Yes. That's, that's plenty fair if we're, if we're going to start calling me boring over here. Uh, <laughs> but, but on the other side of the spectrum is that who, who if you want to try to find a, a huge name or, or a marquee name, what was the exact wording that you used? I don't know. A, a, guy, a, a guy that's truly the foundational piece. Who is it? At, like, who, who, who is it at number 11? I think that's the fault of where they're at. You know, at 11, a, it's somebody, if you're looking at names that fit possibly breakout superstar that late in the draft that have yeah. some kind of potential, Preston Shachua may be one of them. You're that confident that you're going to find that name, that, that, that type of marquee player at number 11? Sure. I mean, you see it year in and year out. Somebody gets drafted somewhere that ends up kind of breaking out. The Spurs have a litany of players that have done that throughout the years. Um, you, I mentioned Ivan Mitchell earlier, Kawhi Leonard yeah. earlier. I mean, there's people in this league right now that 
don't go number one, two, or three. Like they right. they go outside of the lottery and they turn out to be superstar type players. Of uh, course. To think just because there's no wow name at the top of this draft that there's not somebody that can become a wow once they get into the league is fooling yourself because we don't know. That's what this is. That's why it's a draft lottery because you're given a lottery ticket. <laughs> All right. But I mean, I, but I mean, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is, is a, I don't want to call once in a generational player, but, but you know, you're not, very rarely is a, a top 15 talent in the league going to fall to 11. You know, very, very rarely is a, a top seven, eight player in the league and Kawhi Leonard is going to fall to number 14. And I just don't think any of those guys right now, I'm, really, you've got a few that. of them playing yeah. in the NBA Finals right now with Bam no, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking right. No, no, no. I'm talking about guys currently on the draft board for this draft. I'm not talking about guys in the league. I, I, my, sure. my, 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 I guess counter argument is not but necessarily who thought Tyler was going to be an extraordinary piece as rookie season for the Heat. No. No, I'm just saying, right, but I'm just saying none of these guys that you see right now, who screams that? Who screams? Well, like, nobody, like who, who but screams Tyler Hero yeah. didn't scream that last year either. No. So you're, so you're just kind of playing the law of averages, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs <laughs> are really good at evaluating talent. We know this. They're right. able to find people and maximize what they have. They've done that time and time again. I'm just trusting the front office to be able to, with a higher pick, and possibly if you can flip it into multiple picks and multiple swings, they can identify two or three players that they think have that potential, and at least one of them is going to hit. All right, there yeah, you I like have it. your style, man, but I got to say – Pledger's a gambler, dude. Like you could go oh, to Vegas yeah. with like, Pledger, Pledger, Pledger and he'll win it, fifty thousand and put it all on red. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have an issue with the gambling as much as like 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 uh, the idea of of trading up in this draft. You know. The, yeah. All right. The, there has to be something there. I just don't think there's something there. Like I like the idea of gambling too, but if there's not any kind of substance that you're, you know, real end result that's, that's there. Why go all in? I don't know, Jeff, I yeah. know you're trying to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah. No, 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 it's yeah. good. I just, just quickly, uh, gentlemen, you know, some of the names uh, that have uh, said that they've had some contact with San Antonio have been like Precious Achua. He said that he's spoken with San Antonio. You have even a Georgetown big center, um, Omir Yurt Seven. I don't know where it says the Spurs contact him. They had uh, some chats and then even Killian Hayes. So and then Jalen Smith as well. So you, 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 if you, if you take that for what it's worth, you see kind of where the Spurs are looking at and heavily more big than guard. But regardless of who the Spurs select, if they do keep that pick, that means one thing: either they'll go through that San Antonio Spurs process, or maybe just maybe make that leap into the bench, whether it be stapled on the bench or actually get some minutes. But Joe, once again, you're repping the fan base, so you go first. What should the Spurs do with said player? Stash him in Austin, staple him to the bench, or give him some run to be part of this, well, youth movement. I already know what Pledger is going to say. He's going to say they should just start him right away. <laughs> hell with Austin, oh. you know. But um, I'm being realistic here. You know, if they get their pick, I mean, you've seen what the Spurs have done as far as what they've been able to do as far as developing their players, stashing them in Austin, developing their game, letting them have some time over here with the team, you know, during road games, 
maybe to observe or maybe get a minute or two if possible. Uh, it helps with the growth of said players. So to me, I'm all for them, you know, coming in, stashing them in Austin, being able to play with that talent pool that they have over there because it's a step above what they've been playing with that were in college, you know, or maybe overseas in the EuroLeague. Um, and they get to see a little bit of what the NBA dynamic is because when they come and play their first NBA game, I think they're taken aback because the game moves so fast and just the talent pool goes up even more. We saw that happen kind of with Lonnie Walker when he had his game where he played against the Golden State Warriors where a lot of Spurs fans were saying he looked like a deer in headlights. It happens, man. But developing a player, getting that skill set where it needs to be is the way to go. So go ahead and let him play in Austin. All right, Casey, are you stashing the player or giving him some run? <laughs> what the Spurs will do is that they'll stash him. What mm-hmm. they should do is leave him down here in San Antonio because – the difference with years past is that the Spurs, they're primarily picking in that 20 and up range. Last year, the rare exception picked that 19, but same kind of thing. Same sentiment there. But at number 11, you should be drafting a guy who's ready. Uh, you're essentially taking a top 10 pick, the, you know, theoretically, who should be ready to play minutes in the league. And I'm not, I'm not saying starter. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, uh, you know, 30 minutes off the bench every night, you should be getting a player at number 11 who can be a part of a nine, 10 man rotation right off the bat, right off the bat to be able to at least contribute in some capacity in a a very quick fashion, as opposed to spending 75, 80% of the entire year, up in Austin. I mean, you want to talk about uh, Lucas Samanich, very raw. That's fine. <laughs> Keldon Johnson, physically his NBA frame, not exactly the biggest guy in the world. Leave him up in Austin. Put him there, muscle up they did, and it worked out. You're going to have a more NBA-ready player at 10 or 11, and as a result, I think uh, they should keep him in San Antonio. I am surprised that Pleasure didn't just start busting out his uh, funny nickname for Lucas Samanich. Um, what is he? I heard him rumbling over there. I heard him rumbling. <laughs> it's Lucas Sandwich. sandwich. But, see, yeah. but with, with Sandwich, uh, James has levels to that. It's, yeah. yeah, what is it, James? That, uh, that last game in the bubble, he, he kind of played like a sandwich. Okay, that's a step up. That's a step <laughs> and up. And eventually, once he proves his worth, he'll be Samanich. All right. Well, I will. I will identify levels, his name. There's now. levels to this. <laughs> yeah, there's level. Yeah, exactly. You should level. classify him as far as like what type of sandwich are we talking? Jimmy John, Subway. Oh, that's <laughs> a good. Yeah, right. yeah. What, what like you got, Pledge? Sandwich right now. Are you cutting off the crust for him or not yet? No, I mean that that thing's just it's sloppy. There's like three different kinds of meat on there. Like there's the Velveeta cheese or whatever like it, it's miracle a whip sandwich right now oh my so he's, God. A gas at, he's a gas station sandwich is what you're God, saying i'm really hungry but ugh. <laughs> all right well, James, what should the spurs do with that player who they select stash or play well i'm actually going to kind of fall in between the two of them because uh like casey said the difference is the spurs are usually picking later and by picking at 11 you should be getting a player that can, you know, compete or at least get 10 to 15 minutes 
in a 10, 11. He should be one of your top 15 players if you're picking him that high. The problem is, though, the Spurs are deep, depending what happens, A, in free agency, B, with, you know, Brent Forbes and, and Marco Bellinelli and the free agents and the openings that are going to be available and who they replace them with in free agency. That actually gives you cause for concern. But if early in the season your goal is to make the playoffs, then – and you think that him not knowing the system would be detrimental, give him run in Austin – let him develop, let him learn the system. But if the season goes sideways fast, you got to treat it like the bubble, man. Get those young guys up and give them some run because that's the best way for them to learn is getting actual NBA minutes. And if you're not playing for the postseason anymore, then you need to be playing for the future, and the future needs to be developing your young talent. Joe, Casey, any response? Well, other notable 11s have been like – 11th picks that are currently in the NBA have been like Shai Gilius Alexander, Domatis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Clay Thompson, JJ Redick uh, in two, 2006. So they have a point in saying that that 11th pick is going to be more NBA, NBA ready than your previous picks. Uh, um, but still, you know, they still need that time for me uh, to get some seasoning. You know, they still need to develop some aspects of their game, but they also need to be able to get some playing time as well but it's a hard sell because you have one in Greg you know Popovich who's the the Spurs head coach who you have to impress you know and in order to impress him you have to play a really solid overall game be able to go ahead and not only be impressive on the defensive front but also how's your rebounding how many mistakes do you make out there you know and if you make a mistake as a rookie uh you're probably going to be delegated to the bench uh, you know, this, uh, just a general question to the, to the panel here. Do you think Pop relaxes on that, that hard stance, you know, knowing that they're going in this direction and they're going to have to allow these kids to make mistakes, even their number 11 pick? Um, Casey? I think it depends on just what the rest of the roster looks like and who that guy is. Because the argument changes a little bit if one of Aldridge – and Jakob Pertl, if not both, then they're not here. And then they commit more, you know, they stay to that committing of the uh, small ball that they're, that they're aiming for. And at that point, there's going to be a hole at that power forward spot. So if they do end up taking a guy at that spot or, or that 3-4 that position, by default, he's going to have to play, theoretically. And I don't know, like, what, what – what point? What, what you, you heard the guys mention the uh, the idea of going uh, of the pursuit of being the playoffs, right. but like what's what's at what point does that identity kind of shift? Because arguably, plus presently constructed with this roster, even if they bring back Aldridge, both Aldridge and DeRozan, I mean that's what the eleventh, twelfth best team in the Western Conference. So at what point? I don't want to say wave the white flag that's kind of too strong, but kind of turn the sense of commitment right. from playoffs to the young guy aspect of things. So I think it depends a lot on that and who that guy is to get that burn, get, get that time. If it's a wing, if it's a, if it's a point guard, if it's a, if it's a two guard there, I could see that theoretically that guy ending up in Austin, but if it's 
uh, someone who's going to need to fill in minutes at that four, I think there's a good chance they see some run first other uh, than that point guard, two guard spot. Yeah, and just, just to be fair, to give uh, James a chance to give his thoughts before we put uh, a wrap on this segment and go into our first break. Uh, does this change anything, James, for you? The fact that we are facing a shortened season next year, next season, whenever that comes? That doesn't phase me. Okay. What phases me is if you haven't already made the determination that you need to play more small ball after what you saw in the bubble, and especially getting Trey Lyles healthy, being able to expedite that from the 4-5, and his ability to space the floor and rebound and kind of be that glue guy almost in that sense, then I don't, I don't know what you should expect as a Spurs fan unless it's really, really bad because you can't, you can't continue to play four down, especially with this roster. You can't continue to continually feed the post with LaMarcus Aldridge and have him trying to pass out of a double team late or fire up a fadeaway jumper. It's it's not beneficial to the offense. And we saw the offense and the defense in the bubble both kind of come around in a sense with the way the young guys played and spreading the floor. And even when teams went big like Denver, you saw that you were able to hang in with those teams. So trying to muck muddy it up to 90s Spurs basketball where it's a 94-89 game that's that's archaic thinking in today's NBA all right well there you have it uh we touched on the draft and what could be uh, possibly set for the future for this San Antonio Spurs but we're not done when we get back we're gonna be looking at the current roster and some of the young guys on there and much much more with um our panel, James Pledger of ESPN San Antonio, co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. Follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. Casey Vieira, San Antonio sports reporter, again on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. And repping the entire fan base is Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. I want to quickly talk to you about Built Bar. You want to go to BuiltBar.com right now for some of the best tasting protein bars you'll ever have. From six new flavors, including 12 original flavors, it's all there when you go to BuiltBar.com. These protein bars taste like a candy. I've had a few already. I'm on my third box already, and I cannot get enough of them. Great for those that are on the keto diet. Great for those that are trying to lose weight, maintain weight, whatever your fitness goes are. Make sure to keep BuiltBar.com in mind uh, when you're making your next purchase of healthy snacks. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're good for anybody who's on the go. Quick, tasty treat. And once again, you cannot go wrong with BuiltBar.com. You want to go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. And... Get yourself $10 off your uh, next purchase by using promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Once again, that's BuiltBar.com. Hey, everybody. I want to quickly talk to you about DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. Your food will be safely left outside your door with new contact list delivery drop-off setting. You want Chinese? Check. Pizza, check. Yogurt, check. There's something for everyone at DoorDash app. And just simply download it at your favorite app store. They got many favorite local restaurants. They're still open for delivery. 
Um, you just simply just select your local favorite restaurant and that food will be left at your door. And uh, right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's 5 bucks off your uh, delivery and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 5 bucks off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's continue this first ever Locked On Spurs debate regarding your San Antonio Spurs. And we are joined again by a very esteemed panel of quite gentlemanly uh, debaters, guys. Y'all are just showing up Trump and Biden tonight. What's your (laughs) definition of esteemed? (laughs) Yeah. I think we have different different definitions of that, huh? (laughs) I am wearing a tie, and unlike the presidential debate, mine is straight. Yeah, and, and he's uh, also wearing flannel. I got to say, Pledger kind of looks like a lumberjack, man. He just needs the axe. You know, no, Pledger has a really good sense of style. If you watch him on the Saturday yeah. morning, over, man, he, or even during the, the weekday on the Blitz. Uh, Pledger, do you just like to just spiffy it up there? What's going on there? I do. I, style's a thing of mine. I love it. I love to dress good. Uh, it's, it's a crux of mine, and I will fall into it every time. Are you wearing a, a vest, Pledger? I am. Oh man, he's very dapper this morning. Pledge even pledge even like like because a couple of times I went and I filled in over there, <laughs> and this dude this dude like came back from the gym one day, and even like his gym clothes were like well fitted. <laughs> like look at this guy, man. You know, <laughs> you, I was you, like, you, yeah, we'll give you a pass if you show up in gym shorts and your shorts don't match your shirt, man. This dude had like a tracksuit, like. Like fitted to like the T and took it to the tailor himself. Took it to Petters downtown. And got it <laughs> over there. Had it know? tailored up. Yeah, yeah. That, man. So I'm he, assuming he Pledger doesn't shop. Radio guy, Pledger right? doesn't shop at Walmart. Uh, <laughs> no, Pledger makes his things fitted. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and he also likes to show off the guns, man. I, I saw that, uh, James. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The other day I was wearing uh, my combine hoodie and. Yeah. You, you look like Little Mac from the Punch-Out video game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and continue uh, this uh, first ever Lockdown Spurs Spurs debate. And we're going to be shifting gears now and talking about the current roster. Uh, you, know, you look uh, down up and down that row there, you got Keldon, who is shining bright in the bubble. You have Lonnie, you have Derek White. Wendari Weatherspoon, Luca Sandwich, or were we we're at Sandwich already, or we're at Sandwich still? No, sandwich. we're at Sandwich still. We're I mean, sandwich, okay. One game, okay, <laughs> and and the list goes on and on. And of course, you know, um, they got the veterans, but um, there's still some questions surrounding this uh, group as presently constructed. And once again, Joe, since you are repping the fan base and uh, you fans first, man, the f- question to start off this segment is. Are any of the Spurs on this current roster untouchable as by way of trade? Why are we not? Explain. The only ones that I would say you wouldn't want to trade just because of what they bring to the team. I wouldn't want to get rid of our, arguably our, our, our best point guard in Derek White. Um, I would rather keep him there. You know, you have DeJounte who's still kind of unproven. You have Alani Walker, who's still kind of unproven. The other person that is making big 
strides right now and is another one that you wouldn't want to get rid of would be Keldon Johnson. But I would, I would assume that you would probably get more for him if you wanted to go ahead and dangle him as trade bait because everybody saw his play in the bubble, even though it was, uh, you know, not throughout the whole season. He did play in those couple of games and he looked really good. He was well ahead of the curve. So if you have to ask me which two I'd want to keep, I'd want to keep Derek White and I'd want to keep Keldon Johnson. I'm, I'm kind of on the thoughts with Ledger. If you want to remain competitive, let everybody else go blow it up, but at least keep two pieces that you know are going to produce for you, you know? Casey. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anything, if anything, I think one can make the argument that they should put out feelers for every single guy on the roster. You can make that argument because I have a very, I have a very strong definition of untouchable. I associate untouchable, maybe 10 to 15 play top 10 to 15 players in the league. Probably that's even generous, maybe top 10 players in the league. You call untouchable and who on the roster right now resembles that of a top 10 player. Nobody. Who in that roster represents a pretty good player that can be in the league for a little while? There's there's several guys on the team. You want to go Murray? You want to go White? White, of course, is the Derek White's the obvious candidate here. But in terms of testing feelers, if if you're going to commit to the rebuild and truly go young, and you think you can get good assets more than cents on the dollar for a team willing to spend for a lot of these younger guys, then I think you explore it. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. But if it comes to the term untouchable right now, I don't think anybody on the roster is. No, of course you'd want to listen to the call, you know? Hey, yeah. hey, 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 Joe, you know? Joe, 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 you, you had your chance, man. You, you'll, you'll get <laughs> no, your- I'm agreeing with Casey. I, I agree with them. You know, hey, you're going to listen Guys, to the call. I'm so proud of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, uh, your thoughts. Um, untouchable. Any? There isn't an untouchable. Chase is right. There's nobody that you can deem Tim Duncan on this roster because there isn't one. The closest thing to it might be Keldon just because of his incredible trajectory from where he started, what we thought he might be, to where he finished. And that arrow is still pointing almost straight up after the conclusion of the bubble. So... I love Derek White, but untouchable? Nobody's untouchable. But I'm not saying either of those two pieces would be easily tradable either in terms of I would want significant return. You know, it, it feels just like yesterday where such there's such an outcrying of the fan base saying how much they love DeJounte, you know, oh, you know, he's, he's a spur for life, spur for life. Wow, have things changed so much, gentlemen? Uh, Casey, you know, is that just a sign of the times now? Four largely inefficient games in the bubble, and all of a sudden, I mean, he's not even close to being a piece of the future, right? Yeah, exactly. Think, what happened? I, yeah, I mean, I think, and this is something that we've talked about, and I'm sure you guys have talked about with Jeff on this podcast, too, is that if there's anybody who was really snake bit by this bubble experience – is that it's Lonnie Walker. One, because he didn't necessarily play great. But two, Keldon Johnson's emergence 
just kind of stole the narrative that Lonnie was untouchable. And, and, and I mean, remember going into that, it's like Lon, Lonnie, I mean, people were really riding those, those big games, the rocket games and the, the, the I guess, games singular, but riding those kind of moments where they're saying, oh, we can't pass on this guy. We can't pass on this guy. This is all before the hiatus. Hiatus happens. We're back. Lonnie shows the inconsistent side. Keldon blows up and all of a sudden Lonnie's a movable piece. So, and, and I think that's kind of the perspective with a lot of these guys and, and going forward, I think you'll see, but none of them though, none of them are, are, are foundational. Well, it could be foundational pieces, but cornerstone pieces. I think yeah. that's uh, yeah. none of them. None of them are there. Joe, James, any rebuttal? Well, this is one thing that I always tell Spurs fans, never get attached to players. You know, the NBA is a business. And if the Spurs get an offer, your favorite, you know, player might be on his way to another team. It, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just the nature of the business. You know, Spurs fans for a long time got used to one Sean Elliott or they loved Malik Rose and they thought they were untouchable, even uh, Bruce Bowen. Um, hey, man, it's, it's part of the business, you know. So if the Spurs get an attractive offer to go ahead and make this team better with an influx of, of youth uh, that will help us moving forward, um, it can happen. You know, so never get attached to players. James, any final thoughts? Fan favorite George Hill was moved in a piece to go get what turned out to what we thought was going to be (laughs) the next in Kawhi Leonard and the superstar to kind of carry the torch. I hate to pick in an old wound, but, you know, he was a fan favorite, but it worked. (laughs) In it terms is, yeah. of trading the fan favorite, it worked because Kawhi Leonard turned out to be a superstar that kept you relevant and won you titles later in Duncan and Ginobili and Parker's careers. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next question. And, um, again, you know, fans first. So, Joe, again, you get the first shot at this. And something right up your alley because it definitely caught the attention of um, Spurs fans on social media. You were a guest – on Ticket 760 with Chris Duell regarding your comments. But it's going to be interesting to hear what the uh, sport, sports reporters, James and Casey, have to say about yeah. this. But, Joe, is this Spurs team as presently constructed playoff-bound next season? Why or why not? I would say yes. You know, they are playoff-bound, but it comes with the big but. How are they going to play next season? You know, are they going to go with the small ball movement where we saw that the inflection of youth played so well alongside DeMar DeRozan? Or are we going to get the slow and methodical play when you insert LaMarcus Aldridge into that starting five? If that's the case, we saw what happened in the prior season where this team just did not look very good. They looked a step slow uh, beyond LMA hitting an occasional three here and there and DeMar trying to help the team by being forced to shoot threes as well uh, to kind of help spread the floor. I mean, if that's going to be the case, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. But if they go ahead and have this inflection of youth, play the small ball movement, that gives them the best opportunity to be competitive and to make the playoffs. Me, what I'm feeling, I feel that the Spurs, like, you know, Casey and Pledger both said, they're probably going to be the 11th or 12th best team in the West. But if we get some emergence here from some of these younger players that force pops hand, they have to be put into the rotation. Yes, they can make the playoffs, but realistically, will they? I'd have to say no, Jeff. All right, Casey, take it away. Your thoughts. No, they're, they're not close right now. Um, 
they're they're not close and and that's really to no fault of their of their own in terms of just kind of the idea of going into a younger rebuild but who who can you legitimately say that they're better than right now of the nine playoff teams Minnesota uh, well yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's got <Yeah>. a point <laughs> that was not one of the teams I was going to throw in that in that bunch oh, but the, oh, nine, well, yeah, the, the, the nine playoff teams then you have Golden State who's going to come back not going to you know obviously not going to be as bad as they were this year so then you're at 10 or 10 teams better than the Spurs so they're situated at 11 are they better than the Pelicans maybe probably not but we'll say maybe for that are they better than the suns maybe but either way regardless 11 12 let's not get you in the playoffs so one those 10 teams at minimum of course going to get in above them but i just don't see the spurs you know being there barring of course injury or things like that i don't see them being there uh, playing basketball, I was going to say next April, playing whenever the playoffs start, right. playing basketball, postseason basketball next year. Yeah, James, take it away. Yeah, like I told you earlier in uh, Lockdown Spurs, Casey, I'm with you. Um, look at the Western Conference. We mentioned the Warriors. They're going to automatically shoot up near the top of the league again next year. And you're left with the bottom of the league. And who can you definitively say? in the Western Conference, that the Spurs are better than that. Without a doubt, definitively better than this team. Minnesota and Sacramento. That's about where I stopped the list. So of all those teams in the Western Conference, you can only say that the Spurs are definitively better than two of the teams in the entire conference. That's not good. So you need to... You know, throw caution to the wind. You need to, if you if you find trade part pieces for Lamarcus or Demar, get out from under those contracts, free up some cap space while you're at it. Find out if the youth that's on this team is part of the future or not, and you know, let them freewheel it. Let them play the small ball. Let them, you know, do things that are, in a sense, anti-pop in a way. Um, because this season, this upcoming season's not going to be fun and it's not going to be enjoyable if you try and do it the way you've done it the last three, four years with LaMarcus Aldridge to where it's just kind of an irritatingly boring brand of basketball that you're trying to slow the pace, feed the post and, and defend. And it's, it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing on TV. It's not going to be pleasing for the fans when you're losing as many games as you would be losing and you're falling down the Western Conference standing. So just go with it. You know, quit trying to turn against the skid and turn into the skid. All right. Fair enough. Uh, gentlemen, any uh, further comments on the Spurs playoff situation next season um well, i'm waiting for, I'm waiting for joe to say was something gonna, yeah the one thing i was going to say is you know when i came out and i was talking spurs basketball with chris duel earlier in the week um what i had said is i think that the spurs can return to the playoffs sooner rather than later 
but I'd say it's probably going to happen within the next three seasons because that's when you're going to have the influx of this current generation of young young Spurs players really start coming into their own with maybe Luca Sandwich, like Fletcher says, <laughs> maybe showing us something, you know, because he's had some time to, to develop some aspects of his game. So with this influction of youth, I think that's probably going to be the realistic timetable that they can go ahead and make a run and, and be in the playoffs again and, you know, really surprise some people. But it also depends on what pieces we get at that point in time because we are still missing some key pieces on this team. And if we just are slow and methodical and continue to play that style of basketball, we're still going to be the 11th or 12th best team in the West looking, you know, on the outside looking in, not making the playoffs. So something's got to change, you know, so give it a couple seasons. And I think they can, in fact, return to the NBA playoffs again. Wow. Sweeping uh, proclamation. If Kelvin Johnson's not starting at the beginning of next year, Spurs fans should revolt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I think just piggyback, piggybacking off Pledge's point a little bit there is that I think fans, there's obviously so much, especially in San Antonio, considering the success that, that the organization has had, but there's so much of a negative narrative around losing and missing the playoffs. But in reality, fans can tolerate losing if the intent that they see on the floor like that is there as long as a game plan is there it's different to be the 12 11 12 13th seed in the west when you're just married to the DeRozan Aldridge combo and it's not getting done that's when fans get annoyed because they're seeing at the, they're they're looking out there and be like guys this ain't working you know like like what we're just wasting time out there let's look to the future fans can be more accepting if they see 11 12 13 team in the west and they see murray white walker keldon johnson rookie x y and z all out there on the floor playing busting their butts you know having their green moments for better and for worse they can mm-hmm. accept that and i think if there is that organization there it won't be a big deal if they miss the playoffs. But I think it, it depends how they're losing those games, the Spurs. If they're losing those games with, with, with the DeRozans and the Aldridges out there, people are going to be annoyed. They're going to be annoyed. But if they're losing with the young guys, there's a sense of patience. And I, I don't think most Spurs fans will even be bothered if they miss the playoffs, if that's the way there's going. Yeah, you know, guys, say too, is if they lose. here apart from one another, and now we're here. I know, <laughs> but if the they world lose, if they lose next year with both Demar Demar Derozan and Lamarcus on the on the floor. I think what's going to happen is that Spurs fans are going to be more reluctant to to even want to go and purchase a ticket and watch a game if they even open the arenas back up again. They already had slow ticket sales. And by doing the same thing again, it's not helping their cause. But if we're taking L's and we're seeing this influx of youth on the floor and it's exciting and we know where they're going, that's going to excite Spurs fans, even like you said, even if they miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw it the, this uh, postseason, like, well, not postseason, well, I guess eighth seed run out in Orlando, uh, where the majority of Spurs fans were okay with the losing because and not making the postseason because of, of the strides that this young core made in Orlando. And hopefully, hopefully it'll continue, gentlemen, next season and they can ride that wave of positivity, which then begs the question, okay, well, we all know that this team is very young. We know the names that are on the roster right now. But when you look at the t- these, these young guys, you got to say, okay, well, what, is, what about this youth movement? Which players have the most upside? So we're going to have a little fun now. We're going to rank them. 
We're going to rank the upside among the San Antonio Spurs youth, including Murray and Lonnie and White, Spoon, Luca, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, we know where James is going to go maybe dead last. So, we'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll, we can't wait for that. Um, uh, fan base goes first, Joe. So how are you ranking the, uh, the young guys? It was with a heavy heart that I had to go ahead and rank these guys. But I based it off of stats and what I've been able to see, you know, in limited play from some of these younger guys out there on the court, specifically in the bubble play. So, number one, I have to go with Derek White. I think Derek White right now, he's at that number one spot, played 68 games, averaged 11.3 points per game. And one of the most impressive things is that he's a great free throw shooter. So he's clutch for you in those minutes, in those crunch time minutes that you need a player to be able to hit your free, their free throws from the free throw line, you know, with maybe two minutes left and you're only down by one, you know, you, you can rely on him. Number two, I have to say, <laughs> and I know Pledger and, and Casey will probably get up in arms about this. I'd have to say it's DeJounte right now. Based on what he's able to do, based on the stats. Oh. Uh, we didn't see enough of Keldon. I do have Keldon listed at number three. He is above Lonnie, even though he played a hell of a le- less games than Lonnie did. But Keldon was the more impressive of the two to me. Um, I listed Lonnie at number four. Uh, Luca Sandwich, or Samanich, like Pledger says, Sandwich. Uh, I listed him at number five. He was just a hair above Quindary Weatherspoon. For as much flack as Spurs fans give Luca. He actually did play better overall. He played better than Quindary Weatherspoon. So that's why I have him listed one through six. That's, that's my uh, rationale. All right. Take it away, Casey. Uh, Derek White, I think, is a distant number one because Derek White proved that he's a comparable, if not as good as, if not – he's a ve- he is very close – if not as good as a defender that DeJounte Murray is. You know, he doesn't necessarily get the numbers, but between his ranginess and the fact that he can draw these charges, a lot of intangibles, things like that. I mean, you put him at that same level as Murray right now, and then he's just an all-around better offensive player than Murray, simply put. I think he's a one and a distant one. Now, that number two spot, this this is tough. This is tough. And I'm going to – you know, for the sake of, I did this only because uh, I, I knew I'd irritate Pledge. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go Murray too. I'm going to go Murray too. And here's why. We know what we're going to get, or at least have a better idea of what we're going to get out of DeJounte Murray. And I think at worst, what you're going to get is a starting point guard in the NBA, a solid defensive-minded starting point guard in the NBA. I know a lot of people compare him. They say, oh, this guy's Rondo because they play very similarly. They, they look they, – their, their bodies are – you know, they look almost carbon copies of each other, especially at that point in their careers. The comparison is Rondo. But at Rondo's age, to Murray's age, where he's at right now, you know, you take Rondo as the, the, the better player. But that's a given. And I think with Murray right now, could that ceiling be that? Yeah. Why not? But there's also the argument that it's not even going to be close. But I think at worst with Murray, you're going to get a solid defensive player and a starting point guard in this league. So I have him at two. The reason I have him over Keldon Johnson, again, is that sample size that Joe was talking about because eight games is not enough. Eight games is not enough 
20 games in many regards is not enough. Give me a whole season next year, whether it's 60 or whether it's a full 82, to see what he's all about. Me, truth be told, I think he's good. I'm, I'm riding that same, that same, I guess, wave that a lot of Spurs fans are being very impressed with what you see. But I still don't think it's enough yet to place him above Murray in that spot. And then everyone else after that, I think Johnson separated himself from Lonnie Walker from three to four. I'm not one of these people ready to give up on Lonnie, but I think we're getting a better idea of what he is as an offensively gifted player, a very physically gifted player, but he's inconsistent. Samanich at five, Quindary Weatherspoon at six for the reasons Joe just listed right there. Uh, so what's that? That's White, Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Sandwich, and Quindary Weatherspoon. All right, and, and next up is James, who's going to tell everybody to shock the world Luke is number one on his list, right? Oh, my <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm here to, you know, add some, some enlightenment to everything. There is no doubt in my mind, looking at whether it was his play in Austin, his play in the bubble, and even when he was picked, his play out Kentucky, Keldon Johnson has the most upside and is the number one young talent left on the spurt. He has the most possible upside to scratch and has already started to show some of it. So a lot of guys are kind of almost at their peak or you don't know if they're actually ever going to start to scratch that potential that we all think they have, like DeJounte Murray. So Keldon, I think, has the most upside, has shown the most upside and I think this year is going to take that step in ascension because he's a better three-point shooter. He proved that his body can handle the contact in the league, in the bubble. And that was the most important thing was just seeing him getting down in the weeds and seeing his, how he's built his ability to take contact. That was very important. He's also a very good free throw shooter. Number two, and it's far and away, is Derek White. He's the number two player. It's Keldon and Derek. You can put it Derek and Keldon, however you want to do it. But those are the two greatest spurs on this roster right now in terms of potential, upside, where they are currently, and how much further they still can go. Uh, A distant third is DeJounte. And you're right. He can be a serviceable starting point guard. But I don't even know if he's a point guard on this team. He, you might put him at three just because of his length and ability to defend uh, so that you can get Derek and Keldon also on the floor together. Uh, so his position versatility also gives you a little bit more. But, you know, while he's helped his three-point shooting and it's gotten better, It's still not great. His jump shot from the outside is still quirky looking at best. And while Rondo comparisons are fair in terms of body type, Rondo's always have better court vision and you worry about, especially at point guard, DeJounte Murray's court vision in instances and being able to kind of be the floor general in a sense. I feel better when Derek White is actually handling the rock and initiating the offense and getting the Spurs into their sets. Um, Fourth, uh, also distant fourth is Lonnie. 
the inconsistency was still there in the bubble. I like his hustle. I love who he is as a person, but I, I want to see more consistent shooting, scoring, and just actually decision-making with the basketball. Like, it, it seems like when the offense sticks, it's because Lonnie doesn't know where to go with the ball next. And it hesitates, and it kind of throws the offense a little bit. And so quicker decision-making out of Lonnie Walker would be great. Uh, fifth, I'm going to surprise you. I'm actually going to put Lucas Samich fifth. What? Mainly just because <laughs> of his upside. Uh, we know why they took him at 19. He's that stretch four that can do a whole bunch of things and uh, also has the ability to handle the ball. So with that upside, you have to know coming from Europe, this was going to probably take some time because he didn't come out of the league that Luka Doncic came out of. He came out of a smaller European pro league. So, you know, it, the accolades weren't the same and he's also younger so the development still needs time with him. And, of course, six, I'm going to put Quindary Weatherspoon, who I think can be a serviceable backup point guard in this league. It's interesting, gentlemen. Um, this is like a, a treasure of goodness, if you will, for the Spurs. they got so many of these young guys with their upside and how they're going to hone that, how they're going to you know, mold that to fit this next generation and chapter of the San Antonio Spurs. For me, I have a KJ number one. I got Kelton, you know, when you talk about just upside itself, you know, well, then there's Kelton Johnson. You know, we just saw what he can do in eight games in Orlando. Imagine we can expect with more games. So as far as upside is concerned, I got KJ number one. DW, D White, I got him second. Um, you know, I, I – I don't want to say he's peaking yet. I think there's still a little bit more room for improvement, but what he's did, especially in the bubble is just tremendous. I can't wait mm -hmm. to see his next steps. Uh, Murray, I'm getting to the, getting to the point gentlemen where I'm thinking like we may be seeing Murray for what he is. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm close there. I'm, I'm not there to put a stamp on it, but I'm starting to think that, you know, he is what he is now, you know, and he's a great rebounder, a solid perimeter defender, that length, youth can explode to the rim. But I think that's it, you know, and I think that's great and that's good. And it'll be great for San Antonio moving forward with him. Lonnie is, is interesting for me because who is Lonnie? Like, what is Lonnie? What is, you know he, what? An, is he an assist guy? Is he uh, an outside shooter? Is he a mid range guy? Is he uh, just a finisher? Um, what is he? What is it? Is he a starter? Is he, is he better off coming off of the bench? I don't know what he is. I, I, he's, you know, when you look at Murray, for example, he's a rebounder. You can say that and he's a slasher, yeah, you know, D white, you know, knock down those threes, tough as nails and get to the rim. But what is Lonnie? And I think that for me, the jury is still out for him. I actually got spoon weather spoon next. Nice. Uh, yeah. I think spoon is um, he hasn't given his uh, a chance yet. Uh, you, I, I spoke to Landry Fields uh, when, uh, well, now former Austin Spur, uh, Landry Fields. Uh, he said, like, hey, you know, we asked a lot of him in Austin having to shift his entire role from college to a totally different position and expectations. And I think he has given that chance in the NBA to flourish and maybe utilize the tools he, he learned in Austin. And then finally, uh, Luca, the, that deer in headlight moments um, mm -hmm. when – Gentlemen, we've seen his teammates have to push him into position a couple of times. 
That's not good. That's not good. So hopefully uh, another season, whenever it begins, uh, for a training camp. And maybe, By the way, that teammate was Keldon Johnson. Well, there you go. Um, so It was also a rookie that was seeing his first action. Yeah, exactly. And then when you, you get some considerable time before the pandemic in that blowout um, game for San Antonio on the wrong end against Brooklyn – and he, again, he looked lost out there. So hopefully with time, you know, he'll get better. I'm not ready to call him the B word yet, bust, but we'll see what happens next season. Uh, gentlemen, any, uh, you have any rebuttals, thoughts on each other's list? Well, I actually like the way Pledger said that Keldon's going to ascend. It kind of is like, is he going to be Super Saiyan like two, three? I mean, what are we talking, you know? I mean, <laughs> God, God, Super Saiyan Blue, Ultra Instinct. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid so far. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I like his upside. Untapped he has it. a lot. I, I, I don't know what you guys are referencing. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Casey, you might want to put your uh, microphone on mute. It's going to go in a whole different direction. Yeah, right I, I was going to say, so, yeah, you're not going to get any uh, anything out of me out of that. Um, uh, Casey, um, what, just, do you want to give just a few more thoughts on Weatherspoon? Do, do you really think he – can become a really good player for this team? Well, I mean, what's your definition of really good player? I like, think, I think he can be a, I think he can be a rotational player in this right. league, maybe not necessarily with the Spurs, but I think he can be a rotational player in mm-hmm. this league, a guy, uh, a 10 to a top 10 to 11 rotational guy who gets 12 to 12, to 15 minutes off the bench a, a game. Mm-hmm. I think he can be that, but, but also kind of like with a lot of other, these, of these younger guys is that you need more, you need more time. You need more, you, you just need, you, we don't really have a, a full idea of what he is. I mean, he does a lot of, he does a lot of good things from the standpoint of always at least making a, making some sort of impact on the floor. Like yeah. a little, one of those guys at that, at that, uh, stature of where he is, where he was taken in the second round, midway through the second round, you're just looking for someone who can do a, a little bit of everything. Not not be the world beater or anything like that that you're going to get out of a, a top 10 pick, a, a lottery, a first round pick. But just go out there and contribute in some capacity, whether you know whether it be taking a charge, whether it just be making that that smart outlet pass and transition guys who don't look necessarily lost out there. And I think that's, that's, that's what he, he can be right now. And, and as a result of that, that gets you into the top 11, uh, 10, 11 guys in a rotation. So I think there is a place for him in this league. Yeah. All right. Well, when we get back, uh, the panel are going to give their final thoughts on anything they want to speak about when it comes to your San Antonio Spurs. We are back, and uh, I am joined by a trio of uh, esteemed. Uh, Casey, I know you have a question about that word. Esteemed, yeah, but, very. Yeah, we have this fine gentleman. Uh, that 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 one's not debatable. That one's not debatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, we got right. a very we got a couple of fine gentlemen. We got a very dapper 
um, panel yeah, members. Yeah, there we go. All right. So uh, once again, you are listening to the uh, first ever Locked On Spurs Spurs debate. And uh, repping the fan base once again is Joe Garcia. He is the host of Two Shots Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. He also has a, another kind of an all-encompassing sports show uh, called Puro Sports S.A. Joe, before we let you go off this panel, your final thoughts on the San Antonio Spurs. Anything you want to mention? Yeah, I'd like to come back and circle back to Quinn, Quindary Weatherspoon. You know, the thing with this kid is that he kind of has an uphill battle. You have Bryn Forbes, who's already a starting shooting guard. Then you have Lonnie Walker, you know, and then you have one Quindary Weatherspoon. Uh, so he's going to have to really show us what he can do. And, you know, he's going to have to show that his game is better than uh, Lonnie Walker, who's ahead of him. And he's going to also show that he can outplay Bryn Forbes. The, the plus side to Quinn is that Quinn is a better defensive player than Bryn, but who isn't, you know, but at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, he has to be able to do a lot of these other intangibles to, to really uh, carve his, his way into the starting rotation. Um, so he has an uphill battle. I'd like to see a lot more out of this young man. Um, I believe that he can play better than what we've seen at this point in time, but he's one of these young players that's really interesting to me. You know, because I, I see what he can do when he's over there with the Austin Spurs, but I want to see it translate into real world time here on the court in a real NBA game. So I, I got my eye on him. Let's put it that way. And I also had my eye on Shazemi Metu, but Shazemi oh, is man. looking more him? along the lines of <laughs> that's somebody who, who needs to go, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we, we totally forgot about him on the uh, upside list, but maybe oh, I did it. Exactly. there's no upside. <laughs> What's that, James? Say, yeah, that's because he ain't going to be here next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe, thank you for um, hopping on and repping the uh, fan base right here on this um, debate Spurs panel thingamajig here on Lockdown Spurs. Appreciate your time, buddy. Yo, honored to be a part All of right. this. It was right. great seeing both Pledger and Casey, you know, being able to talk with them. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Um, Let's go to continue and wrap this uh, final segment up here. Uh, Casey Vieira, San Antonio sports reporter. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. And just like Joe, Casey's a frequent guest here on Locked on Spurs. Casey, your final thoughts. Uh, The Spurs are going to be losing for a few years and Spurs fans should embrace losing. That's, I think, what's the big takeaway here. Embrace the losing as long as – there appears to be an end goal in sight, and that is to create a, a solid foundation once again. They're going – Spurs fans have been privileged for 20-plus years to see something that's extremely common, un, uncommon in the NBA and that they never went through any sort of rebuilding period. Every franchise goes through it. Maybe even, like I was going to say, uh, the, the seven-year window, but sometimes even less – a four to five year window. Every every franchise goes through it, and and the Spurs are going into that seemingly unprecedented territory for the first time, and you know a lot a lot of Spurs fans' lifetimes. And I, I think what what you have to keep in perspective, and, and what we talked about earlier, is that you can tolerate losing if it's with those young guys. You can tolerate losing if there is that end goal in sight. You're going to get annoyed if it's with DeRozan and Aldridge out there. That's fair, but be willing to embrace it this season, next season. Hell, maybe even three seasons from now. If, if 
it, it takes that long to get back to the playoffs, but you're seeing the young guys there and the foundation built. Go for it. That's what you're aiming for. Casey, I appreciate you once again for taking time to join uh, Locked On Spurs. And, of course, uh, we'll be hearing from you down the road right here on the show. Um, and, by the way, you're, you're, you're also known to agitate this fan base. Uh, another reason why I like to <laughs> have you really, on the show. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm speaking truth, man. Like, like I, I, I don't think I say anything too overly offensive. Well, but it's just the mere suggestion. Yeah. It's the mere suggestion that – that uh what, what was the most did, recent didn't, one yeah didn't you say you got some interesting tweets at you on the one of the, your other shows well what, what was what was the most re oh uh the who should they root for in the right. davis Jokic to be the next yes Falcon? yeah that was you know? an interesting show yeah people are like <laughs> oh no we're not rooting for anybody that makes me sick i'm like well you got to reevaluate pri- your priorities if that makes you sick you know yeah. <laughs> You had a couple that actually did read it and then tweet at you and like, okay, I get where you're coming from, Casey. Yeah. But you had an overwhelmingly, what in the hell are you talking about? Why are you mentioning those guys' names with Tim Duncan? It just got interesting. And, uh, but Casey, yeah. he's a big boy. He can take it. So once again, yeah. tweet at him at Casey underscore Vieira. And rounding out the panel is uh, James Pledger. He is the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. Make sure to tune in on ESPN, uh, San Antonio Radio, online, YouTube. I mean, Saturday, from the Saturday morning hangover to the Blitz, James, you're quite the busy man, aren't you? <laughs> I am, but it's all good. I enjoy it all the way. Um, and just re- briefly, how can they listen in again? Uh, you can listen every week uh, on the Blitz, ESPNSA.com, 12.50 a.m. If you're in San Antonio, 94.5 FM, and uh, Saturday mornings, 9 to 11. All right, final thoughts on the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are about to do something that they've never, ever, ever in the history of the Spurs in the city of San Antonio had to do. I mean, everybody likes to talk about this long playoff streak of consecutive years and the Duncan Ginobili, but it it dates back so much further than that. Like, they missed the playoffs once, once from 1989-90 through this season. And that was the year they landed Tim Duncan when David Robinson got hurt. This is the only time they missed the playoff since 1989 until this season. They've never missed consecutive playoffs. They, they've never not made the playoffs in consecutive seasons. They're about to. And you just got to brace yourself. And hopefully, like we were talking about earlier, the Spurs show that they have a plan in place. They're going to start playing some of the youth. They're going to go to this smaller ball, this more exciting brand of basketball, because you need to, to get these young guys – Minutes, you need to get them acclimated because the West is a bear. And even if everyone stayed healthy for all 82 games next year and everything went perfectly, I don't know exactly how good this team can be in the Western Conference. Six, seven, eight, maybe, if everything falls perfectly. And nobody gets hurt. 
and you don't got to deal with the injury. And that's, that's great. But like, that's not realistic either. (laughs) So you have to develop these guys. You have to see if, if Keldon takes that next step, you got to see what, uh, like you were talking about. I'm not sure what Lonnie is either. We got to figure out who he is as a basketball player and where he best fits. Is he, is he a creator? Is he a defender? Is he a slasher? Is he a mid range guy? Can he be a three and D guy? Like, what is he? Yeah. We need answers to these questions. Otherwise you're going to miss the playoffs last year. You're going to miss the playoffs this year. You're going to miss the playoffs the following year. And if you're not, making a concerted effort to rebuild and and get this ship going by tearing it down to get it back as quickly as possible, then you're just delaying the inevitable and extending the misery on the spurt on the fan base. And of course that first step begins with building around Lucas Amonich, right? (laughs) (laughs) Man, I hope he proves me wrong. That would be the greatest thing ever. Uh, all right those are the final thoughts oh and quickly just you can follow um, james on twitter at i am pleasure make sure to do that asap again gentlemen thank you so much uh you guys were very classy unlike a couple of other old guys we saw a couple days ago Um, (laughs) kept it clean except for joe joe wanted to go dirty on you guys i had to tell him no joe you can't do that so (laughs) yeah joe (laughs) come on joe well, oh, he, he bounced. Man, I'm oh. classy. I'm still here. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't do him like that. Yeah, I thought he bounced. Right? He said, I got to get that a lot of G-rated show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. And uh, as for me, uh, my final thoughts on the Spurs is, can you please go out and help Drew Eubanks? Drew Eubanks recently <laughs> helped uh, yes. to me uh, regarding the Oregon wildfires and how it hit too close to home, not just recently, but in his past, uh, 2017, uh, Oregon suffered uh, a wildfire outbreak that nearly burned down his childhood home. Um, didn't, but this current wildfire actually forced his fiance's family to be evacuated and poor. It just got crazy. Um, he is putting on a fundraiser right now. Go to Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29SanAntonio.com, where there's a link to something called PortlandGear.com. And there you can get an exclusive um, Oregon T-shirt if you want. Throw an extra few bucks for a sticker. All proceeds go to the Oregon Food Bank to help those that are displaced by the Oregon wildfires that are still going on right now. Drew did admit that, yeah, you know, it's, it was a little bit odd for him to ask San Antonio to help out Oregon. But he knew that he could rely on the Spurs family, the fan base, to do their part to help him mm-hmm. and the city, the state of Oregon fight these wildfires so it's, it's a great article and by the way he did uh, talk about the spurs with me and we'll discuss that on the spurs zone at a later time so uh gentlemen thanks once again so for joe garcia two shots podcast casey Vieira at casey underscore Vieira, and james pleasure at i am pleasure i am jeff garcia make sure to follow me on twitter at jeff g spurs zone we're gonna put a lock on this episode of locked on spurs <laughs>